Well, good morning. Wasn't worship amazing? Give it up to our worship team. So good. Well, good morning again, and welcome to week two of this two-week series we're entitling By My Spirit. If you weren't here last week, Eric did a phenomenal job kicking off this series, talking about the three advantages of the Holy Spirit, talking about what the Bible talks about, how we can be born of the Spirit, how we can be led by the Spirit, and how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you guys didn't hear, I encourage you to check it out on YouTube or on the podcast. But today's message is titled, There's Gold in You. There's gold in you, and that's going to make more sense here in a minute. But first, let's take a look at the foundational scripture for this series found in Zechariah 4.6. It says, So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. That's where we get the phrase for the series. Not by might, God says, it's not going to happen by power, but I want you to live your life, and this thing that's happening in your life is going to be done by my spirit. God's not saying that we're supposed to live our lives by our feelings. Our feelings aren't supposed to dictate the direction of our life or make decisions for our life. And if you're a female, you know you could be happy one minute, you could be anxious the next minute, and feelings are not good leaders. They're good indicators, but not guides. We're not supposed to be led by our feelings. We're not supposed to live our life by our feelings. We're not supposed to live our life by our flesh. Our flesh says, I want that, and I want it now, so I'm going to have it now. Our flesh hates boundaries. Our, our flesh hates discipline and putting things in their right order. And just because our flesh desires something doesn't mean it's what God wants for our life, right? So we shouldn't live by our flesh. And the scripture is saying we shouldn't live by power, not by power or by might. So what does that mean? It means it's not by our striving and doing everything we can to make it happen. It's not by us muscling through life and Yes, hard work is good, but God's saying, hey, it's going to get to the finish line by my spirit. Everyone say, by my spirit. And that word by is a really important word in this phrase, right? Can we just English geek out on this for a minute? What does that word by mean? Go ahead, show the definition up on the screen. The definition of the word by means identifying the agent performing an action, or it means indicating the means by achieving something. So the scripture is saying the Holy Spirit should be the agent performing the action of our life. The Holy Spirit should be the one that does the achieving in our life. Amen? God is our source. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our source. He is our leader, our advocate, our guide, our helper, our standby. It's where we receive power to be a witness like we talked about last week. And one big way that we live by his spirit is by recognizing the gifts that he's placed within our life becoming aware of them and operating in them. We're talking about the gold that's in you. We're talking about the spiritual gifts that God has placed in your life that are different than the spiritual gifts that he has placed in my life and in everybody else's life. I've got three simple thoughts. Oh, I wanted to show you. Oh, no, it's a different point. I've got three simple points this morning just talking about what is this gold that God has placed within our life and what do we do about it? Let's pray and then we'll dive in. Lord, we love you so much and we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you've called us to live by your spirit, that we don't have to produce in and of our own ability. We don't have to strive. We don't have to stress. We don't have to muscle through life, but you're calling us to live by your Holy Spirit. 
That the Holy Spirit in our life should be the source, the one performing the action and achieving the results in our life. Lord, help us become aware of your Holy Spirit as we just sang. Help us become aware of the gold, the spiritual gifts that you've placed within our life and help us become aware and more active and what to do with that gold you've placed within us. Pray this all in Jesus' name, amen. All right, three really simple, simple but profound points this morning. Number one, the Holy Spirit has given you gifts to use. The Holy Spirit's given you gifts to use. Some of you guys this morning might have heard messages on spiritual gifts before, and maybe you're aware of the spiritual gifts that are prominent in your life, and maybe you are exercising and practicing these spiritual gifts. I hope this morning is an encouragement to you to fan into flames the call in your life, to be, have a greater awareness and a greater fervency to act out and to respond and to use these gifts that the Lord has given you. And others of you this morning, you're like, spiritual gifts, that sounds familiar. What is that again? Maybe you have a vague understanding of the topic, or maybe it's a brand new topic. I pray that this morning you have a greater understanding or awareness of maybe some of the unique giftings that God has placed within you and the purpose that they're there. So spiritual gifts are listed a couple different places in Scripture. Let's go to this first one together, and we're going to go to a couple more as well. Romans 12, 4 through 8 says this, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so it is in Christ that we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. Talking about the body of Christ. We're all within the body of Christ, but we're all different members with different roles. Verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. And if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. And if it's giving, then give generously. And if it's to lead, then do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So here we see this bird's eye view of this first mention of spiritual gifts. And we see that there's some grace given for these gifts we're going to talk about in a minute. And then we see seven specific spiritual gifts listed. We see the gift of prophesying, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, leading, and mercy. The scripture is telling us that just like our body has different parts and our finger has a different role than our eye, the same is true in the body of Christ. We're all part of the same body, but we all have different gifts and functions and ministries that God has called us to. Then if we zoom in on this Romans 12 that we just read, let's zoom in to verse 6. It says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that has been given to us, let us use them. Lots of key words in this phrase. I want to zoom in on two of them right now. That word gifts, we have gifts, and we have, and it's in accordance with the grace that was given to us. So there's gold within us. There's gold within you. And it has to do with this gift and this grace that God has put within you that differs from what he's put within other people. That word gift in the original text was a Greek word. And the word gift is charisma, which, which the definition of that word is a divine enablement. There is a divine enablement or a divine ability, a gift within your life. And then it goes on to say, and it's differing according to the grace. That word, Greek, that word grace in the original Greek is charis, 
a divine influence on your heart, favor, grace on your life. And I love this. The original connotation of that word, it has connotations that mean that this divine influence is going to bring you joy and fulfillment. So there's this divine enablement on your life, and it's because of this favor, this grace, this influence of the Holy Spirit on your heart that brings you great joy when you do it. So if we expand out Romans 12, 6, based on those two definitions, it would read this way. Having then gifts, you having a gift, which is a divine enablement, you have a divine enablement, a gift from the Holy Spirit, an ability, an enablement from the Holy Spirit, differing, and it's different from other people, and it's according to, it's because of this grace that's on your life, this divine influence or favor, and this divine influence or favor is going to bring you joy and fulfillment when you do it. There's this grace on you that there's certain things that are just easier for you than other people that just come more naturally to you. And it feels natural, but really it's a supernatural grace. And it's given to you. Let us use them then. So God has a divine enablement on your life. It's good to know that there's gold within you. The Holy Spirit has given you a gift. You know, we can get all, like, people can, oh, that's just how I'm wired, or that's just because of my upbringing or whatever. The scriptures are saying, no, there's a divine enablement in you, and it's a gift that the Holy Spirit has put within you, and he's saying, use it. Um, and like I said, this gift or this grace might feel super familiar to you, and it actually might not even feel like a big deal because it comes so easily to you. You're like, that's my gift. It just seems so common to me. It's because it's so easy for you, but not for everybody else. Like for me, there's, you know, teaching comes easily. I can write lessons really quickly. There's, there's a grace for teaching. However, like I've done the spiritual gifts assessments before, and we, we'll talk about that in a minute. Mercy is my lowest. Like we're all called to walk in mercy towards one another, right? I'm called to walk in mercy, but there's other people that have a divine ability, enablement, like mercy and compassion spring out of them faster than it does me. And it's a gift on their life for a purpose of serving and blessing other people. Amen? Um, but maybe someone has a gift of mercy. That doesn't mean that God's not going to call on them in a certain time to teach or to lead, right? We're, we're called to operate in all of these giftings, but some of us, all of us have an emphasis of one or two or multiple different gifts in our life. And it, there's a grace, there's an ease because design determines destiny, the way that we are designed is because of the destiny or the purpose that God has for us. Amen? Go ahead and say this. There's gold in me. Yes, let's believe it. Okay, let's take a look at another scripture that talks about these spiritual gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, again, that, first, that word gifts is charisma, the same one from the previous scripture. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. God doesn't want us to be ignorant about the gold that's within you. You knew that you know that you were Gentiles carried away by these dumb idols, however you were led. There's a lot of dumb idols in our modern day culture. There's a lot of other ways that we could get direction. Pinterest or horoscopes or all different things, right? Dumb idols that have the source in something other than the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I make it known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God can call Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. 
There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. So all of us have different gifts. We have different ministries that those gifts outwork and different activities that those gifts outwork, but it's all the same God. That's what that scripture is saying. Verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the benefit of all. Here we have the purpose. We'll talk about that in a minute. Why do we have spiritual gifts? It's not for us to say, look at me, I've got this spiritual gift. No, it's for the benefit of other people, right? For to one, so now we have a list of some more spiritual gifts. To one is given the gift or is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, and another a word of knowledge through the same spirit, and another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings of the same spirit. Another the workings of miracles, another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit work all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Amen? So here we see a list of nine, with only one repeated from the previous list, the gift of prophecy. So again, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gift of healings, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits or discernment, different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. And between both of those scriptures, they're not meant to be exhaustive lists. They're meant to be like, here are some of the spiritual gifts, not an exhaustive list of all of them. There's other spiritual gifts mentioned in other scriptures. And I'll give you guys a whole comprehensive list in just a minute here. Um, But you might be wondering, okay, great, these are some of the spiritual gifts, so how do I know what my spiritual gift is? Well, as we're talking about them, some of them might pop off the page to you, might stir something in your heart. We also have something called a spiritual gifts assessment that helps you locate the gold within you. And I'll do a quick plug. Every September, we do Basics 201, Serving God. If you've taken Basics 101, we really encourage you to take Basics 201 this September. And in that class, there's a whole class session talking about um, the gifts of the Spirit where where you have an opportunity to do an assessment. We also have something new that's coming. You guys are going to be hearing a lot more about it called Growth Track. Right now, we've got many different steps for someone who is coming to a life for the first time. In the coming months, we're going to be rolling out something called Growth Track that we're really excited about. For someone who's new to the church, they can get to know the church more, decide if they want this to be their church home. But then shortly after that, there's an online lab that they can do to discover their spiritual gifts. And so if you've never taken a spiritual gifts assessment, be on the lookout for Growth Track that's coming. And if you've taken Basics 101, sign up for 201. This September, signups will be coming soon. But let's check out this list. Um, of spiritual gifts. I'll go ahead and read them off. I'm not going to go into detail on defining all of these this morning. We're going to talk about quite a few of them, but I'll just go ahead and list these off. These are spiritual gifts. The assessment um, deals with these 24. This is a pretty good summary of most of them. Spiritual gift of administration. Are you really good with admin? It's the gold that's in you. Apostleship. Someone who feels who God uses to plant multiple churches, oversee multiple churches, not just one. Craftsmanship, discernment, evangelism, exhortation or encouragement, faith, giving, healing, helps, hospitality, intercession. Man, if you love to intercede and to pray for people, that is unique, and we want you on the intercessory prayer team, amen? Knowledge, leadership, mercy, miracles, missionary, if you have a heart for missions, music and worship, pastor or shepherd, prophecy, service, teaching, tongues, interpretation, 
and wisdom. And as you look at this list, some of them are kind of self-explanatory, right? Like someone with the gift of hospitality, they can throw a party or throw a gathering with their eyes closed and they're not even stressed about it. And they leave just so fulfilled that they were able to gather people, right? Or the gift of music and worship, we know if we have that one or not, right? Or if you don't, someone will tell you. <laughs> and we're so grateful for the people that are gifted musically to lead us in worship, Leadership, someone who's a natural, natural, but really it's a supernatural leader, visionary, empowering leaders type of a thing. Teaching, they know how to teach and their teaching makes a difference. <clears throat> Giving, this one doesn't get talked about a lot, but there's people, we're all called to give. We're all called to operate in all of these, right? But some of us have a higher measure on our life. There's some people that have the gift of giving and God has given them a supernatural divine enablement to make a significant amount of money so that they can give a significant amount of money. And it's for God's kingdom. It's a gift on their life. And sometimes they don't think it's spiritual, but it actually is very spiritual. It's a gift. It's a spiritual gift that's listed in these scriptures. Craftsmanship. People that like to work with their hands and they know how to measure it right and it looks good when they're done. <laughs> right? Lots of opportunities for people with craftsmanship gift on their life to serve, especially as we're moving into this new building. Then there's other ones on this list. You can take away that screen for now. <clears throat> um, other ones on this list like exhortation. That means encouraging. There's some people that are just really good at encouraging other people. Their words carry weight, and their encouragement always seems to come at the right time. Prophecy or word of wisdom Sometimes people think prophecy only means declaring things about the future. That's part of what that means. People have a sense from the Holy Spirit of what is to come and are able to share that. But it's also declarative, declaring God's truth boldly. Discernment, sometimes worked in conjunction with the word of knowledge. These people have a divine ability to discern. They can discern a situation and what's really happening and maybe if something's right or something's wrong or if motives are right or motives are wrong. Then tongues and interpretation might be one that's not familiar. You know, we all have the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues for our personal benefit. Scripture says, pray in the Spirit so that you build up your spirit, man. It's something that all of us can do. But then there's a separate gift for public ministry where someone would be led by the Holy Spirit, gifted by the Holy Spirit to give a message in tongues, which would be a different language that they don't know, and someone else would be gifted to interpret that tongue that was given. Again, much more about all of this in Basics 201 in the coming growth track. And so we have to have this awareness. Lord, make us more aware of your spirit. Make us aware of the gold that's in us, but why? Thought number two, we are to use our gifts to bless other people. Use our gifts to bless other people. Let's take a look again at 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. It says, there's diversities of gift, but the same spirit. There's diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. Diversities of activities, but the same God. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Man, when we use our gifts, it's such a blessing to others. It strengthens other people. It encourages other people. It makes other people feel loved and seen, and strengthened. The message translation of that same verse 7 says it this way. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is, and everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 7 in the message. 
Then Ephesians 4 talks about this as well. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, I'm going to kind of hop around in a couple different scriptures, but it says something similar. It says, however, he, God, has given each one of us a special gift, a spiritual gift through the generosity of Christ. That's why scripture says when he, Jesus, ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captivities and he gave gifts to his people. Now these gifts that Christ gave to the church, some of the gifts that he gave to the church are ministry offices like the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And their responsibility is to equip God's people to do the work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. And this will continue until we're all in unity of the faith and the knowledge of God's son so that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. But then it goes on again to define what is the purpose of these spiritual gifts. Verse 15, we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He, Christ, makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. As we all operate in the spiritual gifts that God has placed in our life, it helps the other parts grow. Do you guys believe that? As we step out in faith to use the gifts God has given us, it actually helps other people grow. Aren't you so glad that there's people that have teaching gifts that are teaching the kids second service and it's helping them grow? Aren't you so glad that we've got crew leaders with the gift of hospitality that open up their home to build community and help us grow? So as we do our own special work, we help others grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And so, man, if you've been a part of the church for any number of years, you've experienced the benefit of people operating in their spiritual gifts. And hopefully you've also expressed your gift to other people. And it happens, it doesn't have to be this showy big announcement thing. It's, it, it's a part of everyday life in the church, right? And we see it personally on a weekly basis in our life and in your guys' lives as you guys are using your spiritual gifts for one another. Like I mentioned, someone with the gift of hospitality, when they open up their home and create an environment for community, you have left and I have left so feeling so loved, so seen, so celebrated, and so connected. We're better because they use their gift of hospitality. I think of the worship team using their gift of, of music and worship. And man, how the Holy Spirit has dropped revelation into our heart and spoken things to our heart in the midst of that worship environment because they were using their gift. Amen? I think of times that I've sat under the teaching of the word. And man, the gift of teaching was used and it just smoothed out my path. It just light bulb moments. It all just made sense. I think of times with, with someone with the gift of discernment or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom shared spirit-inspired wisdom-drenched nugget that just changed everything. And I want to encourage us as we grow in this, because, man, we want a life to be a place where we can all grow and mature and, and try out these gifts that the Lord has given us. But we're in the New Testament. We're in, in life after Jesus. And so we all have the Holy Spirit within us. We can all hear God for ourselves, right? The Bible leads us and guides us. The Holy Spirit within all of us leads us and guides us. And so some of these um, more verbal Spiritual gifts are meant to confirm what God is already doing in our heart. And so maybe someone senses something by the Spirit and they share it with you. I've been taught that, and even as you're sharing something, hey, I just sent something by the Lord, 
to just be like, hey, if this bears witness with you, awesome. If this is off of Looney Tunes, maybe I just ate too many Cheetos last night. Like, we're not perfect, right? As we're discerning and trying to be led by the Holy Spirit and use the gifts that he's given us. But I just want to encourage you guys with a couple of stories. Can I share a couple of stories just to add some flesh to this of moments in, in our life that, man, people operated in different spiritual gifts that changed the tra trajectory of our life or confirmed things that God was doing. I was thinking back this week to summer 2013. Eric and I were on staff at Valley Family Church. He, Eric was serving as the youth pastor at the time and the college-age pastor. I was serving as the college-age pastor as well. And we were at summer camp and living it up with the youth students. And it was Eric's responsibility to go pick up the guest speaker for the week, Pastor Frankie, pastor of the church in, in Texas. And he's a pastor that we knew God had used in the gift of prophecy, word of wisdom, word of knowledge before. But this was just a casual thing. Pastor Eric went to go pick him up at the Grand Rapids Airport drive him up to camp, and he wanted to stop on the way to get something at a store. And so anyways, Eric shares the story, and he let me share it this morning because it hopefully encourage you. But um, and it, this story in, in particular, you know, sometimes, like some churches have cultures where someone stay, stands on stage and says, thus saith the Lord. A lot of times, us up here on the mic speaking or Jason on the keys there's words of wisdom and, and prophetic statements and words of knowledge flowing without us saying, thus saith the Lord. Amen. And so anyways, this conversation with Pastor Eric and Pastor Frankie was super casual and low-key. They were driving to the store from the airport, talking about life. And Pastor Frankie asked Eric, hey, how's life going lately? And Pastor Eric just said, hey, you know, it's been all right. It's been kind of a rough year. And Pastor Frankie kind of looks at Eric kind of with, spiritual authority, and says, yeah, it has been a rough year, hasn't it? You guys had a miscarriage earlier this year. That must be so hard. I'm so sorry. Well, you don't say that kind of thing unless you have confidence from the Lord that that has really happened. And so it changed the, the tone of the conversation. It, it brought encouragement to Eric, and it made an awareness of God was in this conversation and wanting to reveal some things. So it brought comfort to Eric that, man, God knows obviously what's happening and is moving in this conversation. So they stop and they go to the store and they're picking up some things at the store and the conversation's continuing and Pastor Frankie says something like, you know, you and Eric have been doing youth and college-age ministry for a while. You guys think you're going to continue doing this for a while? And Eric, again, this is not something that we had shared outside of our family up until this point, shared with Pastor Frankie, you know, someday we'd love to go back home and start a life-giving church. You know, if it's God's will, it's just something that's in our heart. In the middle of whatever aisle he stops and looks at Pastor Eric and says, yeah, you're going to do that, and it'll be really great. And then just like walked and went down the next aisle. <laughs> and it was, it was a prophetic word. It was a word of knowledge about something coming in the future. And you know what? It strengthened and built our faith. It confirmed something that was already in our hearts. So what did we do? We took it and we put it on the shelf. Church didn't start until however many years. What's 17 minus, huh? Five years later. Um... Some other ones, I remember when we were first married at Bible school, it was summer 2008 or 2009, we're at some kind of prayer meeting, and it was a part in the service where everyone was off praying as the Spirit was leading them to, and we were just quietly praying in the pew in like the second to left row of the balcony, because I think we both came from work or something. Um, and some lady that we didn't really know, I think she was in a couple of our classes, she came over to, over to us and she just said, man, I just feel so impressed by the Lord 
to pray for your future kids. There's greatness on your future kids. Can I just pray for you and, and prophesy over them for a little bit? And we're newly married, I think a year, maybe two years. And she spoke and she prayed over us and man, it, it left us strength and it built our faith for that season to come and those kids to come and it built a reverence in us for that parenting season to come. And it was a blessing. We're so glad she stepped out of her comfort zone and was led by the Lord to be used in that way. I'll share one more story. Um, back Easter of 2015, Ella was four. When you're a mom, you, you, you measured dates by how old your kids were, right? Ella was four, Eli was two, and we were contemplating having a third kid. That miscarriage that I had talked about was actually two Easter's prior. We miscarried on an Easter, so this was two Easter's later. Eli had been born now, and we were contemplating having a third kid. And um, the night before Easter, you know, it was an ongoing conversation with Eric and I. We had just received a really large, ridiculous bill from a hospital that we were like, man, this changes things. Like, because we don't have good insurance, and so we got to save up for the baby. We got to pay this. I don't know how it's all going to work. And Maybe we're not supposed to have this third kid, and what is this all going to look like? And that night before Easter, I remember, I have journal. I have all these dates because I journal. It helps to journal. Um, and I was in tears that evening, and, and Eric even kind of made the comment, like, well, maybe we're not supposed to have a third kid. <laughs> I asked him if I could say that. Um, and it, my heart just sank. So we're at church the next morning, and we're in the lobby in between services or something, and I'll never forget this lady that I don't really know, but I, her and her husband were members of the church for a long time. I knew they were mature believers. She came up to me, and I think we were together. I think we're all together as a family. And she said, hey, I've been meaning to tell you, I had this dream a little while ago that you were pregnant with your third child, and Pastor Beth's arm was around your shoulder, and Pastor Beth's arm was really strong and fit. And she goes, I don't know if that even means anything to you, but I saw you this morning, I thought I should share it with you. Well, don't you know it meant the world to me that she shared that morning, this prophetic dream that the Lord had given her. Built my faith for that third child, sweet as. And then this image of Pastor Beth's arm around me, I had a sense that with the third child was also coming some kind of ministry transition. And it was a sign of support and encouragement during that transition where we had our third child and the ministry transition happened to start alive. And so God's so good. I share those stories to hopefully create a hunger like, man, yeah, that was good that those people moved in those ways, right? And oftentimes when we step out like that, we don't know. I was thinking about that. I was like, the lady from VFC doesn't know that what she shared with me at Easter meant so much. I should probably let her know however many years later. But a lot of times when we, when we step out, a lot of times we don't know. We just trust the Lord. Like, I, I sense that this is what the Lord is saying, and so do with it whatever you want, right? And so hopefully, I want to share those stories just to encourage you that, man, we should have a hunger to grow in these areas, to be a blessing and to strengthen one another. So that leads me to my third point. Um, we are to desire spiritual gifts in love. We are to desire spiritual gifts. And I hope this morning is cultivating an awareness. If this is a new topic, I hope it's creating a hunger for all of us to locate and, and use the gifts that the Lord has given us, whatever they might be, in a desire to be used more by God in the ways, in these supernatural ways that sometimes don't feel very supernatural, but they are. I love this scripture in 1 Corinthians 14.1. 
it says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So God's saying it's good to desire spiritual gifts. It's good to want to be used more by God. It's you. It's good to hear stories like that and be like, oh, I want to be a blessing to somebody like that. God, use me in that way. I want to, I want to hear your voice like that. I want to have confidence like that to be used in that scripture says, especially in prophesying, because that's a gift that that blesses everybody. Amen, in a, in a personal and a specific way. But it's interesting as I studied this topic of spiritual gifts that every time spiritual gifts is taught on in scripture, there's always a message of love interwoven into the message. You see here that he that scripture says, pursue love and spiritual gifts. Because us humans get off wrong often, right? Because what God doesn't want is for us to pursue spiritual gifts with the motive of pride. Like, I want to have more spiritual gifts so everyone knows I have spiritual gifts and so I can impress people. Everywhere that God talks about spiritual gifts, he interweaves this theme of love and humility. He's saying, pursue love. Love is the prime thing and desire spiritual gifts. Man, if your motive to grow in the Lord and for God to use you as spiritual gifts is love, awesome. God's going to answer your prayer every single time. Amen. Um, let's take a look at some other places it's mentioned. Romans 12, 3 through 6. For I say through the grace that has been given to me, the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly. As God has dealt each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members of one body, the members don't all have the same function. We being many in the body of Christ, individually members of one another, having then gifts differing. And so the Holy Spirit sets up this teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, by prefacing it by, by the Apostle Paul saying, hey, I've got graces on my life, you've got graces on your life, but let's not think of ourselves more highly than we ought. When we have an awareness of the gift within us, let's think of ourselves soberly, humbly. You catching it? Then the other main scripture that we talked about this morning was in first thus or first corinthians 12 that lists all the spiritual gifts right after first corinthians 12 that lists all the spiritual gifts is first corinthians 13 the love chapter so take a look at this in first corinthians 13 1 through 3 and then a and then verse 13 Right after teaching about the gifts of the Spirit, he says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, I become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries of knowledge, and though I have faith so I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give away everything. And though I'm martyred, I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. And then it goes on to talk about love. Love is patient, love is kind, and, and the well-known scriptures that we know. And then it ends in verse 13 and says, Now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Amen? So I hope you hear this morning, God has gold within you. God has placed gifts and callings and graces within you that he wants you to use to be a blessing to others. And he wants you to desire more spiritual gifts for you to grow and mature and for you to continue to be an even greater blessing to his church. And he wants us to do it with the spirit of love 
in humility. Amen. I'm going to pray just for a moment, and then we're going to go out. Jamie, come on up. We're going to close. One of those songs had a phrase, Lord, Holy Spirit, help us become more aware of your presence. I'm going to pray, and then we'll go into that phrase of that song just for a little bit as a prayer. Lord, help us become more aware of your presence. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you that you have given gifts to men and to women. You have placed divine enablement within all of us. And so, Lord, our prayer this morning is help us become more aware of your presence. Help us experience your goodness and your glory. Lord, help us pursue love and desire spiritual gifts that we might grow and mature into the fullness of Christ, that we might be a blessing, that your people, your church would be strengthened and grow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you guys- Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.